This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. It's time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Wonderful. How are you? I am feeling really good. Much better than I did the last time I was here. Yay. Yeah. I think that five to six days that I took off and around the holiday last week made a difference. I feel much more rested and healthy and whatever. So, yay. That's good, good stuff. Good. I'm happy. So what was going on in your world this week? Um, uh, well, um, I forget. I'm trying to remember. I did do things, and I just can't remember what they are. I have to look back on my... Well, on I'll, my, t- I'll do a couple. Maybe go it'll come back. Um, the first thing that um, we did was last weekend on Saturday, we went to a family gathering at the lake to celebrate the graduation of one of Pat's cousin's children. And when we went there, we had a very interesting surprise in that the grandmother of all of these people and mother had passed away that morning. So this, um, of that generation, of Pat Patrick A. DiNapoli's family, his mother's maiden name was Fazio. Or Fazio. Or Fazio. And that's what I keep saying to both of them. I don't know which, nobody seems to have an answer for me in the family. But Fazio, Fazio, um, there were five siblings, four, I'm sorry, four siblings. And the youngest is still with us, uh, even though she has dementia. That's Aunt Anita Refrano, who is living with her son and daughter-in-law in Fort Belvoir in Virginia. And she is at this point relatively fixed and as far as where she can be, she has full-time care, but she is the last survivor of that generation. And it was interesting because when we got together for this graduation celebration at the lake, um, it was a lot of reminiscing. Uh, the, there were five children of Aunt Dorothy, and four of them are still alive. And uh, it's just interesting that one of them, which I didn't remember until we went to the viewing on Monday night at Guido's Funeral Home uh-huh. in Were you walking the at an angle? One. Yes, the <laughs> tipped house in, in uh, West Grand. And 
Um, I get motion sickness when I hear I, it. A lot of people, there's a ton <laughs> of jokes scary, about it. It's, it's bizarre. I, I don't understand why oh, they no. ever left it like that, but they did. So um, <laughs> one of the siblings of, this, of Aunt Dorothy's children is married to a woman whose former name is Mary Bizignani. So she is very much um, a part of Catalanos, uh -huh. which is right next door. Yes. And she is also the sister of Louis Bizignani and the aunt of attorney, uh, uh, sorry, Judge, Judge. Uh, Marjorie Bizignani Moyle. Moyle. Mm -hmm. So they were all there. And I found out from speaking to uh, Louis Bizignani that he listens to us on Saturday morning. So oh, we want to do a shout out to him and say, yo, Louis. And he's also currently, um, I think he said he was producing or directing, I forget which now, a play. He's, he's great at writing plays and producing plays. It's called Wit, and it's at the Providence Playhouse, which he owns. And it's running now through, I think, the end of July. And I don't know if anybody knows the story of Louis Bizignani, but his wife, Nancy Bizignani, who is no longer with us, the two of them were just characters they they were really wild and crazy people who held nothing back as far as their emotions nancy died a few years ago maybe four years ago three or four years ago from breast cancer and this play called wit is about a man whose wife is dying from cancer and i said louie how could you produce that he said i didn't think i could but he said it's a comedy if you can imagine that and I said, okay, I guess that's the name, Wit. But he said, it's a really interesting play. And he said, I really enjoyed it. So we throw that out to all of our peeps that are around here that might have some free time on Friday, Saturdays. And I think there's a matinee on Sunday um, at the Providence Playhouse called Wit. And then... Where is the Providence Playhouse? It's, it's right near the corner, at, at, as Providence. we say, at Bull's Head. Yeah, but where? Um, right? right across the street from what he said is Fratali's Restaurant, which is on, not North Main, but the other road, yeah. Providence Road, that right. comes up there. Right, right, right. Okay, I was always so, wondering where that was. I never yeah, it's know. very close to near the light, Marazzi's the Marazzi's Okay. I, I have no know. idea. I've never been there. Okay. But that's what he keeps telling me. It's across the street from Fratali's. Okay, then uh, there all right, we go. Fine. And that's that's the end of that. So um, after that, then that was Monday night. Wednesday night, I went to um, a viewing for a man who was probably, it was, there's no probably about it, my most favorite teacher, and that's Michael Peregrim. I saw he passed away in the pit. He was French and German or something? Russian. Russian. Yes. French and Russian. He They're was kind of a he was the ends, only he was the only teacher in the Scranton School District who taught Russian. I, yeah. And he struggled all the time to get enrollment in the class. Yeah, yeah that would be a little But you know French you didn't take Russian. No, did I didn't. God. Even though he wanted me to take it. I said, no. Nah, yeah. nah. I, I think a big part of it too is the fact that Russian has a different alphabet besides the fact that it's not one of the romance languages so it was really really hard to uh -huh. do but he had passed know, away it's all greek to me so yeah. <laughs> funny. so he had passed away and um i went to see him and it was really i started thinking a lot about um who he was to me and 
why would I say that he was the best teacher I ever had? I mean, you, you've been exposed to lots of teachers in your life, and they all have different impact on your life. But this guy was just head and shoulders above the rest. And I realized that because I was a teenager at that point, I think I was 15 or 16 when I started French. I started in eighth grade when I was at West Granton, and then because I was thrown into the class. That was one of those, you know, where... The, um, the school caved, Robert Morse school caved, and we were forced to go somewhere about two weeks into our eighth grade. So when we got there, the classes were already filled, and they just threw me into French. And I didn't really understand too much of it, but I thought, well, if I'm going to Central, which I did, and I have to pick a language, why not French? Because I'm a little bit more familiar with it. I had no idea where that was going when I made that decision. But he for some reason decided that I was somebody that was really um, going to do something really big. So he just kept pushing me way, way beyond my comfort level. And he would, I was enrolled in summer school, which I never did before, never had to. But he said, I want you to enroll in summer school and I want you to come in here and for four hours a day, I'm going to have you go into the language lab, which was one of these classrooms where they had all these little carols and you sat there with headphones on and listened to things. For four hours a day, he had me in there listening to music, um, conversations, whatever it was in French. And I did that two years in a row. Then he wanted me to take the SATs in French. And I thought, oh, come on. I, I don't. Well, I did. And I did really well in them. So he was thrilled. What I didn't know was when we graduated, um, I had had, well, I had the highest scores in French. But I also had the highest scores in French of all of the high schools in the Scranton School District. So I got some kind of a little prize for that. That's all. He he was just so excited that I, I know I would never have done that had he not pushed me to do this. Mm-hmm. And what I learned out of it was that if you keep pushing yourself to do things above and beyond and step you into things, you, you don't it. know how to do it. But there's a an excellent chance that you will come out of this really doing well. Mm -hmm. And I have to thank him for that because it wasn't just the French. It was the knowledge that I could do things beyond what I thought I could do. Yep. And to keep going. It's always neat to have teachers like that. It's funny because I ran into my, one of my favorite, of course I called him my favorite when I saw him yesterday, Nick Petula, Mm -hmm. who was at the Historical Society when I happened to walk in. He does a lot of volunteer work there. And um, of course he's retired. And so I walked in. I said, oh, my favorite teacher. And he said, my favorite student. Mm. <laughs> a little love fest, he was, was it? So, he was in, he went to, we went to Spain. He, he was one of the chaperones when we went for our two-week two jaunt between uh-huh. junior and senior high year. And we had such a good time. So anyway, I just love him. And it's a, he, he really was a terrific teacher. And I, I just loved being part of his, his class. And... He was great, but I mean, there were, you know, when you think of the teachers you love, yeah, it's funny because most of the teachers that I loved the most were men mm-hmm. teachers. I mean, Miss Colleran, M.J. Colleran, was my psychology teacher in ninth grade, ten, uh, 12th grade at West, and she was incredible. And she was my, she, because I love psychology, so she was my favorite there. But then Mr. Mosley and Mr. Roskis and Mr. Petula, they were like those 
three, those three guys stand out. Two were English, one was social studies. Uh-huh. Actually, um, Mr. Kelly, too, uh, was civics, and he was very good. And and I remember the time in 10th grade in civics, and I, I used to ace the class, and I could not remember what the question was. And, and he saw me. He could see me struggling, and he looked, came over to me, and he goes, is everything all right? And I said, no. And he said, what's wrong? And he could see that everything else was done but one question. I said, I just, I said, Mr. Kelly, I can't, I just can't remember. I said, I know it. I said, he goes, well, obviously the rest of your paper is filled out. I said, yeah. So he gave me one little hint and it snapped. I said, oh, and then I wrote the whole thing down. And of course I got a hundred and I was so thrilled because it was, I just could not think of it. Yes. And all he did was give me like a little hint of something yeah. and it just, the floodgates open. That's great. But he was also the student where I literally teacher. took teacher, yeah. where I took my, across the street, across the aisle neighbors and did her test for her and then gave her mine while I did her and gave it back. Yes. Yes. This is blatant cheating. Well, I I cheat. I didn't cheat. I helped her get a grade. You know. I mean, I guess I. I'm not the one who cheated, am I? I was the cheating. I don't know. You were aiding and abetting. Right. That's it. (laughs) What are you gonna do? That's funny. Oh God. So anyway, but yeah, those. I I love those reflections of your teachers because they really. Mm-hmm. Made such a difference and when he you was, think of them. He was, and I saw my... he passed, and I read that he was a. Because Meyer had said, "Oh my God, he was a." Yes, yeah, he didn't right. have either yep. one of those, but um, he didn't take either one of those. He's French or Russian. But. Well, it was interesting meeting his his three family. Kids. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Um, and when I first walked in and said hi to his uh, his wife, widow, I hate to use the term, but that I said uh, Mrs. Perigo my name is Lynn Evans and she went oh you're Lynn Evans he has your book right next to his <gasps> she went on with this whole thing about that See? and I said oh wow because <gasps> truly he was one of my biggest fans oh. you know I mean even after how I how old was he Lynn 80 oh. yeah he just turned 80 oh. so it was um it was really interesting. God bless him. I said, said to the kids, you know, one of the things I loved about him as a teacher was his energy level. When he walked into the room, he'd slam the door and he would start Get at going. a yeah, level. Yep. Like, wow, you just, you had, you you had to jump in, right? You couldn't yeah. fall asleep in that exactly. class. There That's all I have go. to say. All right. Well, um, we will be right back. You're listening this morning to Laurie and Lynn Show. Here's Laurie and Lynn. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm fabulous. That's good. And you? I'm doing just fine. There you go. My name is Lynn Evans. I am the managing director of Women of Substance LLC, which is a a financial planning firm specifically for the financial needs of baby boomer women. I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse, and it's available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And, and did you get your AARP magazine? No. I, with Willie Nelson? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Oh, I didn't read it okay. yet. I thought oh, you Oh, good. Because there's a little quiz it's in here. Fun because, it's <laughs> funny because I saw it on my desk in my office today. Yeah. And I thought, I never, I brought it up with the stuff and uh-huh. because I bring all my mail up and then I shred what I don't. And I thought, oh, I never looked at this this year, this 
month, so yeah. I did not get it. But, Lynn, I have a question for you before what? you ask. <coughs> oh, excuse me. If you could have dinner with anybody living, yeah. who would it be and why? Um, hmm. Sit down and have a nice dinner with somebody. I think it would be Warren Buffett. Just because I want to know what it was that took a guy from the cornfields of the Midwest to a man who learned that kind of knowledge and made such a huge fortune. Mm -hmm. There are steps along the way there where most people would have said, oh, I can't do that, or that, that doesn't make any sense. And I, I want to know about the failures, too. I want to know what, what did he fail at, and how did he get past that and keep going? That's what I want to know from Warren Buffett. Now, if I wanted to have lunch with him, I could pay what the, the current rate is $5 million to have lunch with him, because every year he does that. He opens it up to people, and whatever that money is that he gets, he gives it to his foundation. Oh, so God. people bid to have lunch with him. Uh-huh. Nah. I ain't no, bidding, but, no, but I would love to just have dinner with him and just, you know, find out what he's all about. Okay. That's what, now, what about you? Uh, Bill Clinton. Why? Because I love his charisma and I love his people skills and I love that wheeling and dealing kind of charismatic kind of just everything about that. Yeah. I just like that. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So is that going to happen? I hope. Someday. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's well into his 80s. Many women, too. I mean, there's plenty of women like Diane oh, Keaton. Oh, absolutely. Like to, to I could go through her. a list. Uh -huh. But just for the sake of the attempt, the, the, the charismatic part, the, the, the connected part. Like, mm -hmm. um, so go ahead. We have a quiz. Okay, it's a very simple one. There's only four questions. Uh, As, um, it's an either or, so you don't have to know much about anything. So <laughs> Thanks. I want to test your breakfast IQ. And this one is, which of these food choices would make a smarter start to your day? First one is the meat matchup. Bacon versus sausage. Uh, bacon. Why? Because um, I think there's probably less fat in the bacon. Mm -hmm. And it's a smaller piece, and I just think bacon is better for you than sausage, even though I love both. Well, you're right. There we and, go. And the why is because um, it shows bacon, and that number, the number of calories drops to 131 calories versus 277. Mm -hmm. um, it has a third less sodium and half the saturated fat. Yeah. So bacon is definitely the choice. Mm -hmm. Number two, the potato showdown. Home fries versus hash browns. Hash browns. Actually, home fries. Oh, okay. And the choice that's least fried, which in this case is the home fries, they're actually probably just sautéed and whatever. Well, that's true because you, you kind of push down the palm fries don't the yeah, you just, hash browns kind of are the hash are, browns are all bleh, there's all kinds of oil in well, between true, them. that's true uh, thick potato slices present less surface area on which oil can take hold okay they deliver less fat and about 15 percent fewer calories not a whole lot but 
I, well, I was going to say because the reason I said hash brown was because they're cut so thin, the the like more of a, a finer consistency to right. the potato. I wasn't thinking about the fat really yeah. at that point, but go ahead. All right, and then the Super Bowls, high fiber cereal versus oatmeal. Which one is better? Mm-hmm. Um, oatmeal. Actually, this answer is no. It's the high-fiber cereal. Those who eat the most fiber have lower rates of heart disease, diabetes, even knee pain. Yeah, but there's fiber in oatmeal. That's because the one that's in this one is insoluble fiber. Oh, okay. Okay, which tends to cleanse out the colon. Uh I get it. The other one is soluble fiber. All right. they delivered, uh, the, the high-fiber cereal delivered more than twice as much fiber as oatmeal with fewer calories. Okay. And I agree with you that you have to understand what kind of fiber. Because mm-hmm. they both have different benefits and different disadvantages. Okay, and the fourth one is main dish event, <sighs> egg sandwich versus breakfast burrito. Egg sandwich. You're right. And every time I see that, I think of Mansour's. Because you love them. <laughs> oh, I love yeah. And I know why, because there's more egg in the burrito. Yeah. More fat and calories. And sometimes a burrito can be more calories itself than the two pieces of bread. Yep, you're right. So the restaurant burritos, now restaurant uh-huh. burritos, let's make sure we distinguish that. They averaged over 1,000 calories yeah. each. Yeah. The average egg sandwich had just 722. Oh, wow. It also <laughs> delivered 32 grams of protein, an amount that in one study, led to 15% fewer calories consumed at a follow-up lunch. Okay. Mm -hmm. There we go. So there you are. That's it. That's the quiz? That's the quiz. Oh, boy. So you did 50-50. Oh, great. And another thing, I I really like this, too, because I am a classic complainer of doctor's offices. In which way? Being there and waiting. And watching and waiting and waiting. You got a two o'clock appointment. You don't see the doctor till yeah, three. Yeah, I don't. I don't under. That. Do you understand that? Do well, you understand why that happens? Oh, I know. I do understand why. Because, why? because the person they before you. Or well, that's one possibility. But the other thing is that it starts in the morning and keeps going through the day. So if you've got somebody who takes up more than their allotted time, or there's an emergency, or the doctor discovers something that requires immediate attention that has to be done, then everybody gets thrown off. Mm -hmm. So this article in the same magazine, AARP, talks about the doctor diaries, what physicians wish patients knew. So the first one is, we are working on your case, even if it looks like we have disappeared, which, you know, I don't, I see that and I wonder you know, it's 15 minutes they've been gone. What Working are they doing? on your case. Isn't that yeah. like a lawyer versus a doctor? Well, yes. What the heck is that? What mean? it means is when the doctor's not at your bedside, he or she is writing up your evaluation, the plan, and the orders That's outlining true. what they needs have to, to be do done. That. Their notes and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, okay. I, I see that. And then number two, when we keep you waiting, it's not because we think our time is more valuable than yours. Yes, they do. Yes, that's they what do. I say. That's what I say. That's <laughs> oh, yes, my they pet do. peeve. Yes, they do. Um, but here's here's their response. If the patient before you mentions blood in his or her stool or talks about suicidal impulses, your appointment needs to wait. 
your best bet is to schedule the first appointment of the day. Well, I have done that. I've done the first appointment after lunch and found that there were three people who had the first appointment yes, after lunch. Yes, because they overbook. <sighs> yes. That infuriates me. I think they overbook anticipating um, cancellations. Well, whatever they do. It's just annoying. So here's what you do. What? You don't go. You don't go. You don't go to the doctor. Oh, well. <laughs> That's my philosophy. That's your world. Not yes. And That's this it. is well, this is something I didn't think about. When, and, man, it, it has to be or true. you make sure you're best friends with all of your doctors so you can hang out with them at home or on the uh -huh. weekend or you could call them or, or whatever. Or text them and get That's your answer. That's yes. what you do. That's it. That's the charismatic part of meeting Bill Clinton. Not that oh, I need him to train me. Are we me back in him again? You know what I mean. Go ahead. All right. Many of us have PTSD. This doctor, Joanne Jarrett, who wrote this, said... I have nightmares about patients down an infinite hall, each with a problem worse than the last. <gasps> In my imagine. short career, I've seen a baby take her last breath. Oh. I've watched a woman bleeding uncontrollably after giving birth, lose consciousness as I worked, a pool of her blood expanding at my feet. I've heard a woman after having both legs traumatically severed, saying goodbye to her father, assuming she wouldn't survive. I could go on. We know we signed up for it, but keep in mind, when you're tempted to be angry with your doctor, we're under stress, too. Yes, true. Okay. All right, I'll give you a pass on that one. That's true. Number six, falls frighten us. We see the transformation from healthy and active to ill and dependent far too often, and frequently it's because of a fall. A preventative measure, stand next to a strong countertop, then stand with just one foot without holding on. If you need support before the 5 to 10 second mark, your balance should be addressed. And number seven, we want you to make decisions while clear-headed. Having a written description of your medical treatment wishes and advanced health care directive will ease emergency situations for you, your care team, and your loved ones. All hospital patients are asked what their wishes would be if their breathing or heart beat were to stop. But it's better to make a clear-headed decision when you're not gripped by fear. You can find a legal advance directive form at aarp.org. Mm -hmm. And tell us if you're having memory issues. A failing memory can be scary, but even at age 70 and beyond, memory issues are often caused by things a doctor can help with. Depression, medication effects, heart problems, or hormone abnormalities. Oh, and avoid multitasking. It's overrated. <laughs> mm, I don't know. I, I don't think we have a choice, do That's we? That's exactly what I was going to say. How could I possibly live if I didn't multitask? Up the you know what? Yeah. That's what we do best. I actually find I cannot, I am, I function so much better having to do many things at once versus a day that I don't have a lot going on. Yeah, because I think I just it's a like greater be, sense of accomplishment. Well, that, yeah, and you just, it's just, I don't know. I just like to be juggling <laughs> things. <laughs> Up in the air, Junior Birdman. Remember that song? No. Okay. Anyway. Okay, um, another quick one. We make mistakes, actually. Cool. 
doctors. Really? Our fear of screwing up is exhausting, weighty, and ever-present. It's the hardest thing about doctoring. We do make mistakes. Be wary of anyone who won't admit that. Uh-huh. And here's another one I love, that we know you've answered this question already, and we're sorry to ask again. When you call for an appointment, you're asked what's going on. Then, when you're checked in, you're asked again. So when you finally get to see the doctor, you're sick of the story. But we can't help it. We have to hear it with our own ears. Then why do we have to do it two times uh-huh. before we get there? Mm-hmm. Duh. I also think, though, people, we need to be, just give people a break. When you go, you have to go, knowing you you could be delayed, and sit and chill out and stop getting nervous and make the time available when you go for as long as you have to go. You know, because really, there, there are things that they can't... I know. Help. But after so long, I do think people should just get up and leave. I, I do, too. I mean, you have to give it so long and then say, forget it. Yep. You know? I couldn't agree with you but more. It, it is a busy... It's Their, their lives are... It is. It's crazy. So, what are you going to do? <sighs> Nothing much. That's it. That's how it works. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Laurie and Lynn Show. The Laurie and Lynn Show. And we'll be right back. Here's Laurie and Lynn. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show. I'm Laurie Cadden, the enter- the owner, yeah, of, the Laurie, entertainer the entertainer of the year. Of the year. <laughs> I am the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And I am Lynn Evans. I am the managing director of a financial planning firm called Women of Substance LLC. It was specifically denied. Denied. <laughs> I was saying, what's going the on? Heck? Here? It was specifically designed for the financial planning needs of baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. That's a new one, (laughs) iStitcher. So anyway, here we are. You know, I wanted to tell you that last week, um, I we you know we have the Governor's Arts Awards happening at the Cultural Center on the eighth of August. Yeah. So I'm a committee that is formed. has been meeting for months and things are happening, but we did first Friday this week, um, that last Friday night. And so there were some of us in one location. We were over at Studio RD. Doug Smith and the Dixieland All-Stars performed. And when he came in, Doug said, I'm going to just set up set up outside. So he set the band up outside of Studio RD. Rosie Duffy D'Antona was kind enough to let us use her facility, which I love. And it's right in the 300 happening block of, of Penn Avenue. Yeah. And... Um, so it was so it was it was absolutely the, the, we opened the door had the air because it was so gorgeous the nat the air coming in because it was it was, the, it was a perfect night last week and doug played and then we set up some folding chairs outside and then we had the built-in audience of av which is right next door because mm-hmm. they people were outside having dinner so and people walking by who congregated it was so it was wonderful so we had such a good time very um, cosmopolitan yes kind of place. it was yeah, just it was so cool. so neat to be there and so we thank rosie who has as i said studio rd on pen 300 a pen 324 as a matter of fact and which i will be going to very shortly and it was just it was beautiful i i can't even there i i 
was so relaxed just sitting in there i put my feet up and listened to doug's music and it was so upbeat and people were great i talked to some wonderful people um the pollock girls from west side and their mom julie and they're the cutest two twin sisters the little ones their names are lucy and grace <laughs> and then sadie is the oldest daughter and she is um uh, a senior going to be a senior at west and so we had b- big west grant and she's going to be the featured dancer this year for west and she's a, the, the wonderful uh, young family so anyway I had so much fun just hanging out and being part of it but i'll tell you it was packed downtown mm-hmm. packed. that's so, good i'm glad to nice hear you say time. that and that's nice. um, we're going to do it again at mm-hmm. rosie's um for the first friday in august as well so it'll be nice the jazz festival will be going on at the same time up at the mm. radisson but it's going to be a good good weekend i still have not gotten to av since they've moved i didn't i haven't either i, haven't I would either. like to do that people love it mm-hmm. so and of course i loved the banshee when it was there yeah was one of my favorites but anyway okay so this article i thought was interesting and and to the extent that we find that this is something very hard for families to talk about and uh, there's a a, an organization called aginginvestor.com the title of it is is a family member ripping off your aging parent it's one thing if you've got somebody who comes in from the outside to do it but it's very hard to confront a sibling or an aunt or uncle or something when you suspect something not so good is going on so here's the scenario carrie got concerned when her brothers suddenly began to exclude her from their mom's financial affairs it didn't feel right but she wasn't sure she could do anything about it when she called she got that slow burn feeling that comes over me this is the author when i hear about financial elder abuse As a consultant for folks with aging parents, it's not the first time I've heard this kind of story. Carrie and her brothers were supposed to all share authority on the durable power of attorney for mom. Mom and her lawyer had set it up that way at mom's request. It's nice in theory, this idea of being democratic. It's just not practical. Unwittingly, the lawyer had put the three siblings into a trap. One could say no to any decision, and none of them could move forward. That's dumb. That right there is dumb. If any one of the three said no, then it doesn't go any for- mm-hmm. it doesn't go forward. Yeah. It should be majority. You got three, two, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Mom has dementia. Carrie reports. This makes her vulnerable, even if she's functioning fairly well in caring for herself at this time. Carrie's brothers are starting down the path of making themselves suspects of the crime of elder abuse. Besides shutting uh, Carrie out of the decision, decisions, they've taken her car and are using her credit cards for personal things. This is a brewing crisis. Here are seven warning signs everybody needs to know if this is happening in your family. Number one, a family member becomes secretive about the parent's finances. Carrie knew what mom's regular expenses were and what she spent every month. Mom is 87. When Carrie got excluded from online access to mom's accounts, it raised a red flag. Two, a family member lives with the parent and depends on the parent for financial support. Carrie's brother Jack lives with mom. He has a job, but mom pays all his bills. 
This has gone on for some time. Now he's using mom's credit card, and he apparently doesn't want Carrie to see what he's spending. Three, a family member begins to isolate the aging parent from others. When there is anyone blocking visits, restricting access of other family members to the elder, it's another red flag. The potential abuser doesn't want anybody looking too closely at what's going on, and the method to avoid scrutiny is to keep the elder away from the other family members. Number four, an adult child insists on being present when anyone else is with the aging parent. That's a big sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be a sign that an adult child is threatening the aging parent if he or she talks about the financial manipulation the elder knows is going on. If the elder has concerns, the abuser doesn't want the aging parent to reveal this. Number five, a family member has a substance abuse problem and has influence over an aging parent with memory problems. Drug and alcohol dependency can make a liar out of just about anyone right. who has this issue. Memory-impaired aging parents are easy pickings for money to support the dependency habit. The adult child or other relative uses the relationship with the elder to manipulate loans out of the elder, and the elder forgets what happens or can't make sense of it but says yes. Six, sudden change in estate planning documents, including durable powers of attorney. Cognitive impairment begins suddenly at first, but the elder is vulnerable to manipulation, even in the earliest stages. When names on legal documents suddenly get added or removed, it's a suspicious sign. Mm -hmm. Seven, kidnapping and moving the elder to an adult child's home without notice. Uh, This is a tricky problem. If adult Protective Services asks the elder if he or she wants to be with the adult child and the elder says yes, there's nothing adult family services is going to do at that point. Mm -hmm. More evidence of elder abuse will be needed to get law enforcement involved. And if you do suspect abuse and want to protect your aging parent, contact Adult Protective Services in your area. Collect the specific information that made you suspicious ahead of time. Yes, you must name names, give dates of suspicious activity, and provide facts the authorities can check out. Mm -hmm. Our financial elder abuse problem in this country, and this number blew me away, cost elders $2.9 billion Mm -hmm. every year. Yeah. And the thing is, it's not just people with dementia. That's true. You know, that's the other thing. Yeah. And I will tell you that sometimes people don't believe you, the other person, when you stick your neck out to make a claim, you can get your hand slapped because I know that it happened. It Mm -hmm. happened. And um, it is a crying shame what things people don't believe are really going on and you end up looking like a jerk and by putting your sticking your neck out to help somebody it's very that's why people don't do it because well sure of the scrutiny and and again if they say they're going to do it because they're being brainwashed or manipulated by somebody they're going to deny that it's happening and you look like an idiot Mm -hmm. when you know that it is going on it's very difficult lynn it's very difficult yep it is. So um, I, I fortunately, as a financial planner, have never 
seen that kind of abuse in any of the client relationships I've had. But I do know that there are people that have come in to me because they wanted to do some estate planning just to make sure that that didn't happen to them and their children. And, you know, shame on the lawyer who let that go by. Well, that's the other thing. There's lawyers that do that, too. So you have to, you just have to be, you have to be very careful. Yeah. You know. That's true. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyway, I hope you have a good weekend. Are you going to be at the lake? Probably. Okay. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. We will be back next week. Have a great weekend. Be safe and please be nice. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.